0: Today's episode, you meet Joe Paveway Bledsoe III. He grew up in the Amish country of Pennsylvania, went to the academy to become a doctor, was on the dean's list and comms list all all four four years, every semester. He uh, was a top grad in biology and went off to become a pilot. Uh, after getting a master's degree uh, in at the University of Maryland, he explains the uh, transition from the top medical uh, uh, thinking to uh, pilot thinking, and uh, the fact that he's still flying F-15s uh, and has a has had a uh, nice career so far as as an F-15 pilot is uh, pretty impressive. He's also on the Academy Board of Directors, the AOG Board of Directors, and he's his class president. Here is Joe Bledsoe. John,
1: I got you loud and clear. How about me?
0: You are loud and clear as well. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for being part of this great experiment. <laughs>
1: yeah, no worries. I'm, uh, I'm glad that I'm a part of it. And I'm glad of, uh, you're, you're out there doing God's work and, and telling <laughs> our Air Force story. This is awesome.
0: So um, I usually have a, a, a generic question I ask everybody, but you get a special question today. Okay. What is, where did you get the, uh, the call sign Paveway? How'd that come yeah, about?
1: Yeah, that's a great uh, great question. And I would say, as every true good fighter pilot, uh, you owe me a beer, but I'll tell you the story. Um, uh, so if you've watched the old Nicolas Cage movie, Gone in 60 Seconds, when he tries to take the GT500, um, he names it Eleanor. Well, the bomb, uh, the GBU-24 Paveway 3 is my Eleanor in uh, the Mighty Mud Hen uh let's just say we've had some bad experiences together uh it took me a couple of years to finally have a successful uh successful shack and uh hit the target with one of those so my name is joseph bledsoe the third uh so they name me paveway because i usually sign everything as just three because uh, i'm the third so paveway three is how it's how that comes about
0: okay so uh
1: the the paveway three that
0: when you say you had a successful thing after many what any significant failures you want to talk about
1: (laughs) uh yeah there's uh quite a few um we'll call pilot induced errors uh dropping that weapon uh in training all in training um and just took me uh quite a few times to get that one right some uh were the weapons fault some were my fault um and, yeah, it's just one of those things where learning experiences the first time, you know, it goes talk to your squadron commander, talk to the, the DO and kind of get, you know, the walk of shame there. And well, uh, learn learn a lot about uh, rebounding is what we'll say after an <laughs> unsuccessful attack. Um, but that's 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 the story yeah. behind why they call me Paveway.
0: Um, so let me ask you the generic question of uh, what, what overall message do you have for the uh... – The current cadets, the incoming classes, the uh, you know recent grads, and guys like us, like me,
1: old geezer. Yeah. The 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 full the long blue line, right? Um, Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna answer your first one. Uh, We'll we'll kind of segment it out, right? To incoming cadets, to uh, current cadets at the academy. What I'd love to say, and you know, I'm out at the academy pretty often. uh, Try to be out there quarterly um, through my work at the AOG and. When I get to talk to cadets it's um something i didn't realize when i was a cadet was like what happens after and what network you're you're starting to enter um right everyone talks about the ring knockers and and you know oh you came from the zoo and you're an academy grad um and you know we are kind of for lack of better terms we're trained to not be proud of where we're from and we want to you know go out there and prove that we should be in the air force well what i try to tell cadets is Lean into the network. Lean into that long blue line. There's people out uh, out there that have done amazing things that have also struggled uh, in a lot of areas that you might struggle in. And it's uh, it's not uh, we're getting better, but always lean in to try to find that network and try to, you know tell your story. And we're trying to as grads and you know looking like just this podcast in itself is trying to tell our story, trying to connect. Uh, that long blue line. I think Annapolis and West Point do a really good job. Um, they've been around for a really long time, uh, so we we have the opportunity now, uh, as we're we're starting to get a little bit older as an institution, uh, to develop that that culture of networking, that culture of community pride, um, and make the long blue line mean something. And that's what I always say. Like I will take a phone call, an email, a text message from any academy grad, any second of any day, and I'll you know. I'll help you out if I can. And if not, I'm going to find somebody who can. Um, and I hope that spreads throughout the rest of the culture or uh, the rest of our graduates to create yeah. a culture of that. That's uh, kind of how I look at that one.
0: Cool. So what, uh, what got you there? Where'd you grow up?
1: Where did I grow up? I grew up in a small town in Pennsylvania, uh, Lancaster, Pennsylvania will put me on the map, uh, but I grew up about 30 minutes South of there uh, in a small rural Amish country, farming, Pennsylvania. Um, that's where I grew up. And what got me to the academy was, I am um, I wanted to go to the Air Force Academy and I think I knew I wanted to go there in sixth grade. Um, I have an older cousin who is a 2005 grad and uh, kind of had always looked up to him as my older brother um, and just really, really interested in the academy. Um, didn't really know a whole lot about what was there. I just knew, you know, that, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to go be in the Air Force. Uh, so all through high school, uh, the academy was my number one school. My number one goal of get, was to get there. Um, and I went into the academy with the goal of not the other side uh, going to medical school. Um, so that was always my initial goal was go to the Air Force Academy, go to medical school um, from small rural Quarryville, Pennsylvania.
0: Oh, huh, cool. So, uh, in Amish country, how'd you even find out about it? Yeah. So great. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, I would say the, the military academies uh, coming from the East coast, uh, they're kind of West Point, Annapolis were pretty well known just based on their proximity to, to where, where I grew up. Um, I didn't want to go be in the Navy didn't want to go be in the army. And then like I mentioned, uh, my cousin, uh, went to the air force Academy, um, and that's kind of where I yeah focused on that one primarily.
0: No, I, I was kid because Amish are known for not being technical. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah.
1: They don't really understand how the airplanes work, but well, uh, or, support or, us all the same. Internet and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah
0: cool. So uh, apparently, you got there and you just walked on water for four years. No, if I read no. if I read this correctly, I mean, my goodness, you got some great accolades.
1: Yeah, I would. I tried. Um, Tried really hard to, like I said, I wanted to go to medical school, so education was a really big. Uh, I spent a lot of time studying, and you can ask my buddies. Uh, Friday night, I was always, you know, in the books. Still Saturday, they would be pulling me away from the books to go out and do stuff. Um, but I really tried really hard to uh, focus on education uh, because that was my key to to meet my goal. Was had to have that GPA up. Had to be that well rounded. Kind of cadet while I was there, um, so I wouldn't say I walked on water. I definitely had my trials uh, when I was there, but still uh, tried to stay focused.
0: So how was how was uh, the transition from Mama's country to Dooley Year?
1: Yeah, uh, I went in um, not not like I kind of knew what I was getting into. I was lucky enough to go. I don't know if you're familiar with the summer seminar program. Um, so between my high sc- my junior and senior year of high school, I was able to go out to the Academy for a couple of weeks and just get a taste of like what it's like. Um, my cousin gave me and, and some other friends had given me advice on like what it looks like um, for dual year. Hmm. But when it came to like small town, Pennsylvania to jump into the military. Yeah. That was a big adjustment, right? Big adjustment.
0: Yeah. I had, I had no, I'd never been there until the day I showed up. <laughs> so it was all fairly green yeah (laughs) luckily
1: luckily i was able to go out i think i've been to the academy two times before dual year so i at least knew what it looked like um but what i was getting into no idea
0: any any challenges with the altitude
1: uh i think no more than anybody else the first couple weeks you're always just sucking wind when you're but then once you get the adjustment uh you're, you're doing all right i still when i go out there uh you know, I still am drinking water and <laughs> take Tylenol for the altitude sickness. So I don't think it ever goes away.
0: No, <laughs> you might get uh, adapted to it, but not never used to it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, uh, how about dual year? How was that? The it was uh, great.
1: Um, okay. I I I was blessed to have great roommates. Um, still, one of my best friends uh, still keeping contact. It was just at his wedding this year. Um, Great time for Dually Year. Good upperclassmen. Uh, you mentioned earlier, uh, Emma Prisboslowski was one of my upperclassmen. So still keep in contact with a lot of them. Um, I When I go out to the academy for uh, my work with the, the AOG, I still stay at one of my firsties uh, who took me under his wing. I stay at his house. Uh, so, so try to stay in contact with a lot of, a lot of friends and classmates uh, from Dually Year.
0: So, um, guys, my era listening to this, they weren't as mean as they were
1: <laughs> for Joe, I guess. <laughs> no, I would, I would mean isn't the right, right word. Um, I would say, uh, I always looked at my upperclassmen and tried to find the mentor mentee relationship, right? Yeah. And I think there's different way. I don't want to say mean is the. Um, there can be rigors to that, uh, which I definitely would say was happened in freshman year, but the ones that I stay in contact with are the ones that treated that, uh, upperclassmen, the dually relationship, um, that matured into that mentee mentor, um, relationship. And And that that, makes sense. And
0: I saw that transition when I was a first year, we, we were doing the training, but not with spite. It, It was, it was, you know, not a game per se, but it was definitely a, uh, to let them know that you got to, you got to go through this. This is going to be tough. This is part of the process. And, and yeah. not, not just to, to drive people out of the academy. We, we had, there was a dramatic change. And it, I think that was because the ward ended and there were, there were different policies coming down from above. Yeah.
1: And, and I always looked at it as like, you know, some of the, the upperclassmen, yeah, they pushed me hard. And at the time it, it felt mean, but in hindsight, you know, you look at it different. Right. Yeah. I think yeah. that that is something that I, I still laugh with some of the upperclassmen that like, why did you make me do this? You know, then on the other side of the uh, fence, I guess uh, they're able to explain kind of behind that. And you're like, that makes sense why you did that um, kind of stuff.
0: Uh, So where did you, what's going on in dual year?
1: (laughs) Yeah, freshman year, dual year, I was in uh, cadet squadron 19. So I was a Wolverine uh, for (laughs) my dual year, yeah. What was uh was it was it the Wolverines when you were there?
0: no, i I can't remember now. I have to look at my old yearbook. Uh, it was something else, but I'm sure it was politically incorrect. That's why they probably changed it.
1: Yeah, at one point I think uh, we got a little a bit of heritage of Playboy 19. yeah and then that's there's uh, there's some other ones out there that if I remember right, but uh when I was there in two thousand and seven, it was Wolverines. okay.
0: And then uh, upper class, uh, how long did you stay in that squadron?
1: Yeah, so when, when uh, during my time in the academy, uh, it was after your dually year, you switched squadron. So okay. after that, I moved across the Torazzo uh, to Cy John Tower and was in cadet squadron 38 for the remaining three years. What was their nickname? We were the almighty all-stars. All so right. Um, so they haven't almighty. changed that name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did
0: you uh, get involved in any uh, athletics or uh, clubs? Uh,
1: yeah, I did. Um, I would say my club, and I, it's not really a club. I was a class president for for my class, so that was what uh, that was my club, right? Taking care of the <laughs> class, uh, getting ready for all the formal events that the class puts on. Missions um, went bad, you know, having to go answer to the commandant or play devil's advocate or. You know, take take the brunt of some of that. Uh, so that was my main club and main activity. Uh, other clubs I was participated in, I did uh, model United Nations. Uh, I was an EMT when I was there, uh, so did a lot of work and spin up for medical school. And then, uh, yeah, those were like the big ones. Sports, just the standard uh, intramurals Never really got into full time club sports uh, while I was there.
0: Okay, so what uh, what is the diff- difference between the wing commander and the class president?
1: Yeah, the wing the wing commander um, is from your is your first year. So uh, we would have my class had three wing commanders: So one for the summer uh, summer wing command for like basic training and all the summer summer programs. Then fall and spring semester wing commanders. Class president uh, started when I was a freshman, so went and was selected by the class as class president. And basically held that title from dual year up until today. So I'm still wow. the acting class president that just got to plan our uh, 11-year reunion that we celebrated last year at the zoo. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's what the kind of difference is. Okay, yeah. The wing, wing, wing commander is in charge of everybody. You know, the class yeah. president is uh, more on just class-specific stuff.
0: So, social and fun stuff as opposed to so,
1: social fun. And then, uh, like I said, if spirit missions go bad or something like that, you know, go talk so, to the boss. So
0: spirit missions never go bad. No, they, <laughs> they just go they memorable.
1: Go. They, go, <laughs> they go memorable or when stuff goes missing, uh, there's usually someone asking, where is it? Uh, yeah.
0: That well, that, makes that, sense. That, that, that's memorable. <laughs> or Yeah. You can't find it, yeah. Where yeah. did the F-104 go today? <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. So I, I assume that you have ways of blowing off steam. Yeah.
1: Um, and, uh, a lot of time skiing. Uh, I tried to uh, pick up basketball when I was there. Um, I had a great sponsor family, so would spend a lot of time uh, on weekends. And, and this is more in the upper class years over at uh, at their house. Which was a huge, uh, just, you know, kind of relaxed get away from, from it all. But that, those would be my big ways of blowing, blowing off steam. And then I would say probably the most important one was um, I was part of the 2% club. So uh, whenever I could see my girlfriend at the time or fiance, uh, first year, you know, was trying to get t- together with her, um, which was a little more difficult since he was back in Pennsylvania. But we tried to plan <laughs> some trips back and forth uh, when we could. Cool.
0: Uh, the other, the other big question I was is, did you ever want to quit?
1: Did I ever want to quit? No, I can't say I ever wanted to quit. Um, I will say what, uh, my, I guess, academy crisis was when I decided I wasn't going to go to medical school. Um, okay. and that was, uh, that was kind of my, wow, what am I going to do? Um, and cause I'd been so focused on medical school, um, and, and, Going through that process, and then first year when I decided uh, I wanted to go fly, it was a lot of okay, what is uh, what is next? What is the what is my career and life look like? I'd been so focused on medical school and all that, I was kind of unprepared to to let go of that goal and that dream. Uh, was my cadet crisis? Uh, not not wanting to not wanting to quit. Uh, never had that one, but I yeah, that's what I got for that.
0: So what kind of, I'm just curious, what kind of went into that crisis? I mean,
1: yeah, your your grades are
0: obviously good enough. What, what, what happened?
1: Yeah. So between junior and senior year, um, between two degree and first year, I had the opportunity to, um, spend some time overseas. So we had a, at the time I had this program called deployed ops, uh, ops air force, where, you know, you go out and view what's going on in A real world Air Force Base. Um, The Academy at the time offered uh, the option to actually do that in a deployed location. So I got to go to the Middle East and I got to see kind of what life is like at a deployed base. Um, And I got to shadow some flyers and see kind of what their pace of life, their impact what's going on. Same thing with medical, Uh, I got to see that. And I kind of had the epiphany that, you know, you can only do this Air Force flying thing once, right? Yeah. This opp- yeah. this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. Um, medicine, medical school uh, is always gonna be there, right? Uh, if, if, if you want it to be. So uh, when I had that epiphany, I kind of pulled back my med school applications, kind of pulled back and said, you know what, I'm gonna go, uh, I think I'm gonna go fly. And then first year, I had the opportunity to do the powered flight program, which is, uh, you go down to the airfield. You get, I think it was like eleven or twelve rides in a Diamond Forty, DA Forty. Um, ultimately, got to solo, and I was like, I, I enjoy this, right? I don't, yeah. I don't get airsick. I don't dislike flying. Um, my first opportunity to be in an airplane, um, other than commercial airplanes. Yeah. So that that's how I got to that that point. So from then on, I was all about here we go, let's go fly.
0: They get to look out the front window. <laughs> exactly,
1: exactly. Yep.
0: So, but you, so when you graduated, you didn't go directly to uh, UPT, you, you took a detour.
1: Yeah, I took a detour and uh, attended grad school. So um, when I made that decision medical school, um, a lot of my mentors at the academy who had, you know, been helping me with the applications <laughs> to med school and they're kind of like, well, what, what? what you have these, you know, you kind of have the grades and and the educational background. Um, Have you thought about grad school? And at that point, you know, I said, no, I'm ready to go to to pilot training. And uh, one of my mentors from the biology department really, really pressed forward and was like, look, the Academy offers some really great opportunities for graduate school after the Academy. And you still get to keep your pilot slot, right? Like they're just going to defer when you start pilot training. And uh, we started looking into it, and uh, they kind of matched me and got me some interest into uh, going to the University of Maryland to get my master's in public policy. Uh, live in D.C., see the see the 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 world outside of the academy. Um, right right after right after the academy, getting thrown right into it. So that's how I ended up at grad school.
0: So we lost you for just a second. You are a what? Your biology major is that right?
1: Yep, a biology major with a Social security and economics master's degree. So okay, it was. That's it, cool. That's cool. it was I a little. That you diff- were saying,
0: you just you faded on for me on a little bit. So, um, you, so the academy was thrilled that the top grad in biology still went to a school after graduate. I mean, I know they get PR out of that, right?
1: Yeah, and and I'll, I'll say, you know, like the academy, you know, likes to put his brochure out there. Um, how many? into grad school. So I was happy to do that because I still got to go to pilot training, right? Yeah, Um, yeah. It was was kind of the best of both worlds.
0: Now, a master's in public policy got you a side gig, I heard.
1: Yeah, yeah. So when I was in uh, D.C. uh, at University of Maryland, (laughs) I was able to go work at Capitol Hill. Um, So actually, the congressman that wrote me my letter of nomination uh, took me under his wing and I was able to work in his office for the two years I was there. So I was a second lieutenant wearing a suit and tie to work every day uh, as an intern and got to see uh, kind of behind the hill uh, and how it works, which was a really, really great opportunity. Um, I still talk about it and my experience is there all the time. Anything that you wanted to share? <laughs> uh, let's just say Capitol Hill is not meant to be efficient and I got to appreciate that uh, <laughs> real world. How's that?
0: Okay, I, I just I, I, you don't want to throw anybody under the bus. I, I get yeah. it. that's cool. <laughs> so <clears throat> then you go off to lovely Del Rio, Texas.
1: Yeah, Del Rio by the sea. Yep.
0: What uh, What was that like? Del Rio was
1: awesome. Um, it was my first opportunity. Uh, so my wife and I we got married right after the academy, uh, after graduation, and then we got to move to Maryland. So we were very close to home, um, where we, where we both grew up. And, uh, you know, wasn't wearing the uniform, I was doing school, I was working on the hill, very much uh, Academy Air Force job. Uh, But moving to Del Rio, we got thrown right into it, right, right to pilot training um, with a great group of people. uh, And we really like jumped into being in the Air Force. So even though I would say uh, I was in the Air Force for two years post post post-graduation, you know, I didn't really fully jump into it until I was a first lieutenant in pilot training. Uh, so we enjoyed Del Rio. That same cousin who I mentioned earlier, uh, who was an '05 grad, uh, he was an instructor pilot um, at Laughlin. Uh, so got to spend a lot of time with him, which was awesome. I had my dollar ride with the guy who inspired me to go <laughs> to pi- to go to the academy. Um, he also had a boat that we could go out on the lake. Uh, and it was good to, good to be close to family and uh, pilot training. So that that's that, Laughlin was good.
0: And then being uh, two years older than the rest of the crowd, how did that did that help at all, or did they get put more pressure on you?
1: Uh, I would say a little bit of both. Um, I don't mind the pressure, uh, but I was I was the senior ranking officer in the in the class, which was good um, because I think it it, it would help me. Uh, was a leadership opportunity, right? Um, you had a bunch of second lieutenants right out of. Uh, the academy or ROTC or OTS and you know you get to kind of explain what's going on um, I had two years of experience even though it was different experience under <laughs> me but I uh, was able to you know mentor there I was married at the time so it was good to you know we had a lot of the single guys over for dinner and our house would seem to be a, a central hub for for We'll call it shenanigans or parties or whatever you want to say there. But um it was good to be the two years a little bit older, um, in my opinion. I yeah. I, I thought it was good.
0: You'd already shown your oats enough to where you were can
1: focus on the flying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and I would say we my wife and I we had two years of marriage under our belt. Uh we had lived together for two years, you know, we kind of had some routines um yeah. where, you know, it just comes comes with time.
0: And then, uh, so you finish UPT and you get pretty good a sweet spot of the F-15s, right?
1: Yeah, my dream airplane, the mighty mighty Strike Eagle. So that was uh, when I decided back at the academy that I wanted to go fly. Um, you know, the Strike Eagle was always my number one, uh, just the workhorse of the Air Force. So <laughs> was blessed uh, and dropped the Strike Eagle right out of uh, pilot training.
0: And that's what you're still doing today, correct?
1: Still flying the mighty Strike Eagle. Yep. Uh, now in Idaho, but still flying, uh, still flying the F-15E. Yep.
0: So the first, the first assignment was in uh, North Carolina. What, what was that like going from yeah Texas to Carolina?
1: Yeah. So, right. <laughs> uh, rural Del Rio, Texas to kind of rural North Carolina, um, but we enjoyed getting uh, back on the East Coast. <laughs> um, so the, the Strike Eagle, were only stationed at three different places. So we got North Carolina here in Idaho, and then over in England at uh, RAF Lincoln Heath. So we got three bases, but the home of the Strike Eagle is in North Carolina. That's where our FTU is, uh, or um, our B course. So enjoy getting back there. That was about as close as we could get to Pennsylvania, where my wife and I's family is from. So we we enjoyed being the move, and. Kind of settling, setting some roots there in North Carolina.
0: So we're, we're kind of blowing over some great awards that you've gotten. You you were a Marshall Scholar finalist.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so remember back when I said um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I had some mentors that said you should look at grad school now that you're not in medical school. Um, able to to put some applications in there and. Uh, almost went to England, but at the time, you know, the queen didn't pick, didn't pick Paveway to go over there for education, <laughs> but that's all right.
0: And then uh, you were the top stick at UPT. So that's how the strike Eagle came about.
1: Yeah. Yep. And then uh, from, uh,
0: from, mm-hmm. from that base, I, I, I'm reading here that, and I, you don't have to tell me anything you don't want to, but, um, you had some time in the sandbox.
1: Yeah. Yep. So we, um, after my time in the FTU, uh, we stayed at Seymour Johnson, and I moved to the uh, 336 World Famous uh, Rocket tiers Flying uh, Op Squadron, and then, yep, had one-by deployment in uh, 2017 to uh, the Middle East in support of Operation Inherent Resolve. So uh, if you can remember back, that's kind of when ISIS was uh, the big, bad threat, um, so we did a lot of work over there uh, to help eliminate eliminate that threat.
0: Uh, now for the aviator question, any uh, close calls?
1: Any close calls? Um, that you want to talk about? <laughs> yeah, I would say uh, I've had my fair share of the uh, factor, if, if you know what I mean, where the seat, the, you're like, wow, that yeah. could have went one of two ways. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Usually that's after I'll, the fact. <laughs> that's usually after the fact. Um, I've had a couple of close calls, uh, I would say, um, nothing has made me want to stop doing what I'm doing. Um, okay. most of them, uh, or usually error that we learned from, um, is what I would say. Luckily I'm still blessed to keep flying, but nothing, nothing worth, uh, scaring other people about How, let me say it that way. Oh, yeah. I, I,
0: we don't want to scare anybody. No, I get it. <laughs> and, and you've racked up a bunch of awards
1: uh you so tell I, me what if you what, if you think i got a, a bunch of awards well, the I, i'm one, just trying to be me
0: yeah the the one i'm curious about is you were a nominee for the jabara award and
1: um the, so
0: and yeah and um, afcms and the air medals and, and all that stuff but I've, i'm just curious about the jabara thing because that usually has to you have to stand out to get nominated for that
1: yeah so the jabara award um kind of compile compiled two two things um one was some of the work we did when we were deployed, um, you know, with eliminating ISIS and some of the, uh, the strikes I was on, uh, while deployed. And then, uh, the second one that, that went into my borrow war award package, if I remember correctly was, um, at the time, uh, I was transitioning from our operational squadron to being an instructor, uh, at our FTU. And, uh, We were, we were working really hard to figure out how to produce pilots quicker. Um, it was a time when we needed, uh, we needed to get air crew across the finish line and into the ops world as quick as possible. And we were faced with some maintenance and jet availability issues and, uh, a couple guys, uh, that I was leading, you know, we wrote a whole new syllabus for how to get trained faster, better, more uh more deadly in the strike eagle and uh that that kind of is what went into the Jabbar award uh package so not just uh stuff downrange, but also you know on the training side of the house uh getting combat aviators as ready as quick as possible um to meet what the CoComs need okay cool uh,
0: it's usually uh pretty involved thing to get that award so I, i'm just very impressive that you got nominated for that I, yeah i did not win the jabbar award i just want to yeah, i know i just say I'm, that yeah yeah the nomination and then now so now you've, you've you've migrated all the way to mountain home idaho
1: yeah yeah so currently living in boise um boise idaho my wife uh, and now three beautiful kids um so we moved out here in the summer of 20 and uh, I've been enjoying the Mountain West again. Um, I say again after living in Colorado, but my wife's enjoying it as well. Um, and flying uh, the F 15E at Mountain Home, that's correct.
0: Yeah, and then you just had an exercise. Did you want to talk about that? You just the thing you just spent some time on?
1: Um, well, or you not, no, if you can't so, talk about it, oh, the, <clears throat> the exercise, yeah. So we're, um, we are know getting ready to focus on the next threat right the,
0: right the balloons the,
1: the balloons right yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, or whatever we else practice, coming, we're yeah. practicing shooting balloons um yeah so we're, we're doing a lot of uh training practice on the the near peer fight so as we are looking at uh the prc uh what that means to operate in the pacific right um we're used to operating in the Middle East, where we have these established air bases, long runways, you know, air superiority. Uh, think going back to World War II and island hopping. How do we operate in where an island is 700 miles from the next island? Yeah. So trying to think about some of that stuff is what we're exercising. And uh, I will tell you, the logistics uh, from from just a fighter pilot's point of view the logistics and having to learn what that means is, is daunting. Um, it's, it's right now, that is where we're spending a lot of time thinking and trying to work through how do you get gas from A to B? And, and if you're in the Navy, you know that, right? Well, um, yeah, I was,
0: was going to share with you. We, uh, one of my big adventures was during the in hostage crisis. We had, uh, we were planning strikes from the Persian Gulf to 700 miles inland in case we had to uh, res- do some rescue su- suppression of bad guys. And so we'd practice uh, KC-135 refueling over the Indian Ocean, which was always interesting for little tiny Navy airplanes to get refueled by this giant Air Force thing.
1: Because
0: <laughs> the uh, the buffeting and all that stuff, we-, we weren't used to. We're used to fueling ourselves just to come back to the ship, but not not the 700-mile mission. Because you had to get topped off two or three times to do that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's some of the stuff we're looking at, right? It's not a, that's what we've been extremely busy and, and focusing on. Um, and as a Strike Eagle, you know, we're the biggest, we pretty much can hold the most gas of all the U.S. fighters. Uh, that, what our, what our, how far we can reach, where we need to refuel is all stuff we're, we're spending a lot of time looking at.
0: Oh yeah. No, that's a, that's a, that's quite a, cause you want to make sure you can get back. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, that, that's an important la- criteria on this whole thing.
1: Yeah, the last thing I want to end up uh, is on a boat. So that let me just say it oh, that Oh, come way. on, come on. Not that mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Boats better than the, in the desert with a parachute around it uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I wanted to uh, circle back to uh, your academy experience when you were the president and on the advisory senate and the webmaster. What was that all about?
1: Um, so I was... Uh... Every class has a uh, member that's uh, on the Class Advisory Senate. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with that, uh, John, or not, but the Senate is kind of a, an entity that supports the AOG and the board um, or you know, just a point of contact if I need to reach out to the class of 2011. You can go right to, you know, the class Senate, and it's a way of feedback uh, for, for, the, for the AOG. Okay. So after graduation, I, I stepped up as the class president, and most of the members on the class advisory senate are class presidents um, okay. to fill yeah to fill that 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 duty. Uh, so was on that for quite a few years, um, and then that's how I ended up, you know, running and and getting on the AOG board. Uh, so that that's that's that story.
0: And what do those duties entail now?
1: Being on the AOG board, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so let me ask you a question. What do you think of the AOG? It's a,
0: an organization of grads. I don't have a I don't have a, a dog in the fight. I've been uh, I know
1: you don't. I know you don't. What do you think about the the Navy's that, uh, do you see how the Navy interacts with their alumni?
0: No, because I'm do, not I remember Na- that. I'm not an Annapolis grad. So my yeah. uh, I see more the uh, University of Washington. I also, I have an MBA from there so I get uh, begged all the time to join their yeah. alumni group, but that I, I don't need to. I know what's going on in the, in the local area. I, I think the AOG is a great concept. I think one of the challenges the Air Force Academy has is all of our officers go off and do fairly individual things.
1: Yeah, that's a great, great point. Whereas right. in, the,
0: in the navy, you know, even though we're doing we're flying, we're on a ship of five thousand guys, so we're we got roommates, we're, we're we're sleeping and pooping and you know living with these people, and you get just more more involved in each other's lives. And I don't yeah. know if that's happening with the AOG.
1: Yeah, no, that's uh, I'm glad you said that because that is uh, one of the big reasons why I got um, I wanted to get involved with the AOG uh, was to help solve some of those problems. It was. In I think 2020, yeah, around that time, uh, I really started to sing up and uh, actually got to brief the AOG board before I was uh, asked to run um, about like, hey, what a, what what's the perception of the AOG to younger grads and uh, what can we do to make things better. Um, And through some of the feedback that I was able to provide, uh, I was appointed to the board and uh, in my time on the board, we've got membership for all. Uh, We got rid of dues. So no need, like you graduate from the academy, you're a member now uh, to the AOG. Uh, We're working to get a lot more access up to the Hill. Um, It's funny that the Air Force lawyers look at uh, the AOG is no different than any other nonprofit that. (laughs) Uh, which is not how Annapolis and West Point look at it, but we're working to get some of those, uh, some of that stuff changed. But uh, as well as, you know, you mentioned the beer earlier, um, you know, getting key individuals hired on it to AOG to start answering some of those questions and getting after why, why, why we're more of an individualized graduate network um, yeah. and, and stuff like that. So I would say that is been my goal. I try to be the token younger grad. I'm, no, I realize I just say that with having my 11 year reunion this year. Um, <laughs> but I still try to look at it as uh, the generation of officers that could be either getting out or have gotten out and have that transition. Um, I try to be their voice uh, for the alumni network.
0: And so the reason I wanted to circle back to the, uh, the AOG and the Academy stuff and all the things you're doing is my big question is when do you ever sleep? <laughs> Cause you got three kids. And yeah, father, fighter
1: pilot. <laughs> uh, I would say, um, is, uh, you know, manage your time. So I'm going to like, uh, when I wanted to run for the AOG board, when I decided to be a fighter pilot, when we decided uh, to have three kids it was, and my wife definitely helps me. Um, but if I'm going to do something, I got to manage my time. And so I'm, I'm very purposeful with what, uh, what I do and when I, when I'm doing it, because if not, uh, you'll always find yourself asking for more time. And I try to be very purposeful with that. And that's always advice. I try to give anybody, uh, that when do you sleep? Oh, I still sleep. I still get my, you know, six to seven hours a night, but uh, I will tell you, it reminds me a lot of days of going back to the Academy of you almost have too much to do with uh, too little time, but we still made it happen, right?
0: Yeah. And I, and I think that that's kind of my, my tongue in cheek reason for asking is most of us, even the old geezers like me, we're getting our six or seven hours because there's so much going on and we, yeah. we either we don't want to miss it or we want to be contributing uh, on our uh, whatever, whatever little bit we can.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, and I always like the Academy, like I still eat a meal in about three minutes. And my wife's like, (laughs) well, how did you eat that fast? I'm like, I don't know. At some point this just became normal. Um, and like that, that's life now, you know, I don't know if you, if you're the same way, but, uh, I think that's some of that stuff that was just subconsciously, uh, trained into us.
0: Well, I I can do that, but the the thing that scares my wife is I can get changed in
1: like 40 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Superman. <laughs> he goes, How did you um, change so
0: quick? I go just put the clothes on.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, Superman drills, as yeah. we would call them. Yep. And
0: then um, there, there's two names that floated up when I was researching you, and I wanted to get just your your nickel's uh, worth of opinion on them. One was a uh, Robin Olds.
1: Yeah, one of my heroes uh, for sure. Um, I'm lucky enough to be uh, living in the same town as uh, Christina Olds, his daughter, um, and talk with her very regularly. um, And I have a special bond with her um, through our class. Uh, So I don't know if you're familiar with the exemplar program. I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. So the exemplar program, I want to say it started in the early 2000s. um, And it is uh, every class picks a Air Force legend. uh, That is, uh, there's a couple rules has to be deceased had to contribute to to the Air Force um, in some way um and and the class kind of embodies that that legends um that persona right um so our uh, in processing day at USAFA was uh general old's funeral uh was the day of his mm-hmm. of his funeral so i remember taking the oath and hearing the f-4s do the missing man formation uh over the cemetery And uh, so right when we had the opportunity to pick an exemplar, um, we got to Robin Olds was at the top of the list. Uh, So as being class president, you know, I get to I get to work with the family, uh, work with Miss Christina and had her come out and, you know, tell stories about her dad and uh, got to lead the class with kind of that fighter pilot Robin Olds mentality. And I'll tell you, you know, that that led to some good spirit missions and some good shenanigans. Um, and we, we still have that kind of embodiment, and uh, you know we we all corral around his 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 legend, uh, I, and we still do to the day. I, I
0: don't remember exactly which guys got to do this, but in my squadron, my class, one spring break, uh, the the fellows, bunch of fellows, went up to Steamboat to go skiing, mm-hmm. and they met him. Yep. And they hung out with him every night. And I heard these stories when I had gone somewhere else for spring break. And I go, well, that's pretty cool. Because he was a commandant
1: at the time, right? a, yeah. pre-
0: a previous commandant. That, that was, he's, he was pretty qu- quite a character.
1: Yep, that's a good word for him. Uh, I would say my first year we all went up, uh, I think it was probably like 25, 30 of us that went up the steamboat um, as well to, to party with uh, and, in, in memory of him. So, yeah, it was good.
0: And then the other name that popped up was uh, Jeffrey Bull Braden.
1: Yeah, Jeff Bull. Um, Bull is a classmate of mine uh, that we lost uh, too soon. Um, Fighter pilot, dad, husband, um, great guy. Uh, Bull was ahead of me in pilot training, um, flying F-22s, and we lost him too soon. So here's the Bull, Uh, great guy.
0: All right. So I, I, I just want everybody listening and understand that, you know, we we have that happen to us, that that's one of the other unique features of the Air Force Academy is, you know, we, we're all going individual. But we also have friends that we develop over the years and they sometimes they don't make it. And it's a uh, it's a legacy we have to we have to live with.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's uh it's always tough to lose a classmate. It's tough to lose a fellow uh, brother in arms. Um, so, yeah.
0: So, but you do some special things for his memory, right?
1: Yeah, my—I um, would say for my, me personally, anytime I lose a classmate, I have a special, uh, special bottle of uh, a bourbon that uh, I keep. And anytime I lose a classmate, uh, we pour one uh, for him or her. So uh, we've lost a couple uh, over the years, and uh, I don't like bringing that bottle out. But that's uh, as a class president, you know, I feel kind of a special bond to the rest of my class.
0: Yeah. You don't Um, want to touch that bottle.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but, uh, it's for them. Um, so hopefully, uh, I'm the last one that ever has to drink from it. Um, but if not, you know, it's going to be handed off to somebody else, uh, to hopefully continue that tradition for the class.
0: Well, Joe, I, I, thank you very much for your time. Do you have any other, uh, topics that I, that I didn't cover?
1: (laughs) No, what I, I just want to say, thank you for, uh, Thanks for doing this. This is um, no, it's my pleasure. Something special, um, something special that you willingly take a uh, volunteer, to, you know, reach out and try to find us, uh, us Zoomies, and, and tell our story. So, uh, I really cats, appreciate man. it. Yeah, <laughs> and same story, different year. Um, yeah. Yeah. but I appreciate it, and thanks for doing what you do. It's good. It's good to uh, hopefully inspire the next generation. And if not. Um I'm always uh, I'm always there to take critiques and feedback, so well, thanks for doing what you do. You keep flying safe, all right? Yeah, we will, we will.